0: Benches are needed as the rotation kicks in. Welcome back listeners to the 156th episode of the FPL Surgery podcast, recording on the 29th of December 2019. Christmas is all but over, and yes, rotation has definitely kicked in with Vardy, Sionyu, Jimenez, Chayore, all benched this game week, and the likes of Ings, Pulisic, benched last game week, so a lot of benches have been needed. We are recording directly after the Sunday games and are back again in the virtual studio with Stefan again. So welcome back, Stefan. Did you have a good Christmas, mate?
1: Yeah, I've been having a good Christmas. I've been eating a lot of traditional Norwegian cuisine. And uh, today, <laughs> yeah, I have the whole year to trim it off. And uh, t- today I took my kids out to watch Frozen 2 and I ditched Arsenal Chelsea game. Yeah. But other than that, I've been watching way too much football, and uh, I think uh, I need to stop watching that much football now, because my partner <laughs> is starting to get fed up. <laughs>
0: well, but... we'll swap, because I, I haven't been watching barely any <laughs> this Christmas, and hopefully yeah. I'm going to be watching more in the new year, so yeah, it's a yeah. tag team
1: out. I think it's uh, lucky that it's the uh, FA Cup at the weekend, I can dodge those games, I yeah. don't need to watch it. Yeah, who cares and how about, how about yourself, James? I heard you've been robbed yeah. twice both by the VAR and someone else? Yes, I have. Yeah, robbed by the VAR. A lot of
0: people are absolutely going nuts about the VAR all over Twitter at the moment. And yes, unfortunately, I've been (laughs) robbed this weekend and my laptop has gone missing. And the key tip to everyone out there is when you get home after going away for a weekend make sure that you have someone standing at your car when you're moving things from your car into your home because my laptop bag was taken from me so I'm actually using my girlfriend's laptop and hopefully it's going to have good sound quality apologies if it doesn't listeners but uh, I've done the best I can do with what she's uh, what she's got here it's, it's a very slow laptop but yeah not the greatest uh, weekend for me FBL and in life but you know it is what it is this week's guest we have josh paxman no relation to jeremy he has nine top 20k finishes six top 10k finishes and four top 3k finishes with his highest being 516th overall so some very good credentials there bit of an unknown one from the twitter world and he met me on the ff hub meetup and i uh, just talking to him i just knew he knew his stuff and then i looked at his record and i was like right Bring them on no problem and he actually supports chelsea so i thought maybe now's going to be a good time to bring in some chelsea players but it turns out it's not but welcome to the podcast josh
2: thanks guys uh thanks for inviting me on yeah looking forward to it mm. looking forward to getting stuck in
0: yeah good to have you so shame we don't actually get to talk about the chelsea assets as much at the moment There's, we're kind of just gonna fly over there maybe talk a bit about tammy but not really any of the others eh?
2: No, I don't think um, we're in the greatest patch of form at the moment and uh, I've been burnt enough by uh, the various midfielders this season, Mount and Cho and Pulisic, so yeah, I think at the moment it's uh, it's Tammy or not Tammy and that's the... uh, only question really that needs to be asked
0: yeah that is one of the questions which we've had quite a few on on Tammy but let's list the FPL headlines for this week they are double game week 24 uh, Liverpool and West Ham so it is official in game week 24 there will be two games for Liverpool and West Ham Uh, headline number two is Ancelotti's Everton Arteta's Arsenal and Pearson's Watford so we'll discuss those teams see if the manager bounce happens number three is what underperforming players do expect to do well in the second half of the season number four is abandon of assets surely not uh, number five is budget strikers so we'll go over them so having missed a game week, we've got a lot to discuss on this one, as ever. We will go over the FPL headlines, as I've just mentioned, go over listeners' questions, I'll have a piss break. We'll go over partner chat, captains and transfers, league tables, guests' top three picks. Sexy Thoughts is back, and uh, that will finish on the ending. No Alexas after Forts this week. He hasn't managed to get them to me. But first, let's briefly discuss how we actually got on current game, which is literally just finished. Going to come to you first, again Stefan what were your tactical decisions for the last game week and uh, who were your trapped ins
1: yeah the problem still with my team is that I've been making some bad transfers lately and I also made a bad transfer in game week 19 so I had some problems to fix for game week 20 and I was stuck with both Son Alley uh, Son being out and Ali being a doubt, so I uh, I asked our doctor in our <laughs> Slack channel, and he said, oh, maybe Ali will miss a couple of games, so I, I went with that and transferred both Ali and Son out, along with Puki and uh, took a minus eight for Martial, Mope and Salah, and I was, uh, yeah, it's my first <laughs> minus eight in like three years, I think, or something, but... I felt it had to be done because I, I really made some bad transfers, and this was the cost of fixing my team again. And uh, so the hit was pretty much okay, I think. I, I survived with 61 points minus the eight points so 53 and i still hover around the one million rank but but now i like my team so i'm good to go going forward yeah sometimes you do have to just do that just take the the big hit and if you're really
0: hating your team you're not liking what's going on and you need to fix it then a big hit is possible you know moving forward hopefully you're gonna continue to progress whereas before you could have been constantly trying to fix your problems instead of just taking that big hit yeah the, the I big, think
2: especially, the, um, I was just going to say when the games come thick and fast as well, you can actually often see those points come back to you very quickly, especially if you're concerned about players not starting. Um, yeah. in, in, in Ali's case, uh, I think they sound like great transfers.
1: Uh, it could be that the key was, of course, Salah in for captain, and that one failed for me. So my captain run is still going. I'm, I'm th- I think I'm up to 14 of 20 blanks so far on captains this season. So I sort of wrecked sala I think but I will I'm glad to have him in and he's going to be great going forward I think. Yeah yeah. Well, at least you're winning at something, Stefan. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and so how did you get on Josh? How, how have you done?
1: <laughs> um
2: good, good. I mean I was I was I was happy with the the points 58 captain Kane brought Kane in for a hit game week 19 basically my, my plan for Christmas was to captain Sun right the way through for those plum fixtures that Spurs have got Brighton Norwich and Samantha then he got his red card and I felt like I was looking at my team I was like who am I going to captain for Christmas really and I was a bit concerned about rotation you know, Vardy. um, I personally didn't see De Bruyne playing all three. So, yeah, I I brought Kane in for a minus four with the plan to uh, put it on him for 19, 20 and 21. So, the last two game weeks, it's, it's, it's worked out all right. He's got a goal each game. It's not, you know, he's not setting fireworks off, but... Looking a little bit more like the old Harry Kane. Um the plan is to get rid of him either this week coming up or, or, or the following week. He's definitely only for Christmas, not for life, oh, Harry really? Kane. Oh. Um and uh yeah, so so in terms of this week yeah, he, he came through and, uh, I had, uh, Robertson and Trent, which just great, really pleased. Like I stuck with both of them, but 58 points led to a small red arrow. So down to, uh, 327k. Um, I didn't make any transfers. I hovered over getting rid of Pulisic a number of times and I just didn't fancy anyone really enough. And I thought after missing, you know, after not, uh, playing the last two, I thought, Hey, there's a chance he might start, and uh, obviously he wasn't in the squad altogether. So uh, no, no. he's definitely going this week.
0: Oh, so he's definitely, definitely on your chopping block this Without
2: week. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt.
0: Well, I will tell those listeners how I got on. I've, I've done pretty well. I think it was a week before, so I went up to overall rank of 663,000. So I was doing fairly okay and this week seems to have dropped me right back down i've only got 51 points i had ali as well and like stefan i got rid of him for marshall who actually got me a goal which i was very happy with a bit annoyed that ali's still okay i was actually hoping he was injured but who knows I, i'm hoping for for big things with my double united attack now with uh, marshall and rashford uh, i captain salah as well and uh, yeah he Blanked for us but yeah i'm hopeful going forward so not a great week for me but onwards and upwards and um, we move on Okay, so let's mention our patrons. Firstly, uh, thank you to all of our brilliant patrons. Just to mention Andy Portluck, Vince Poyle, and Ron Frosk, all pledging at the highest tier. They get a special mention each week. And if you wanted to support the podcast, it's patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Uh, okay, back to the headlines for this week. So number one, Double Game Week 24, Liverpool and West Ham. So we had some questions regarding these. So uh, Rebant is saying... Your preferred players for Double Game Week twenty four and Emma from our Slack channel is saying which three Liverpool assets would you most like to have? And Mark at M twenty two is saying, what's the best strategy for Double Game Week twenty four as well? So we've got some questions to ask there, so I'm gonna shoot this back to you, Josh. So what are your thoughts on which players you want for that Double Game Week twenty four coming up?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm currently sat on just Robertson and TAA. Mm. I got rid of Mane for when they had their obviously blank when they're at the World Club Cup. Yeah. I think that you've got to go with TAA, Salah, and Mane. For one reason only, I think that half of the game will sit on captain or triple captain Mane and half of them will sit on cap- captain or triple captain uh, Salah. And the issue there is is their effective ownership. Their effective ownership is going to be so big that it could be the definition of FPL suicide if you're sat on the wrong side of it. I'm I'm personally a Mane fan. I'm, I know Stefan's a big Salah fan. I'm, I'm all Mane, and I'm rooting for. I think Mane will be my triple captain that week. Oh, so I don't really? think we'll get. A, I don't think we'll get a better time to play it. I really don't. <laughs> I think that the league could be decided very early this season. We all know when we get towards the end, there'll be you know, there'll be Champions League latter stages to think about. I think what I love about this double game week, which is not often that I can think about that this has happened before, Um, it's a midweek and then another midweek, and sandwiched in between the two is the FA Cup fourth round. So you would like to think you're going to get two starts from you know both Mane and Salah not to mention you know Robertson and and Trent etc as well and so I think yeah I think I think go for it I think a lot of the time triple captains are are better spent early than waiting until the sort of 34 35 36 etc so yeah those would be my three it means yes I need to move Robertson out but I think yeah like I said I think the effective ownership would be my main reason for for for, for getting the double up uh, So just uh,
0: just to counter you on that one so they are two Mm. away games in Wolves who have just played really well against Liverpool Mm. so they put up a stubborn fight they only got the the one goal and then West Ham who may have a resurgence with the new manager bounce with Moyes who was a more (laughs) defensive manager at Everton there is that counter also the fact that they will have the FA Cup who are they playing in the FA Cup Stefan do you know?
2: Got uh, Everton. Sorry. Yeah, in the third
0: oh,
1: round. God. Yeah. So they're going to want to win that. <laughs> so, but, but this this is the fourth round, so it's we don't know if Liverpool go through yet. If they yeah, don't got, go they through, got Everton yeah. In the
2: third round, so and you know it's it's Anfield, but it wouldn't completely surprise me if they lost that. You know, chuck out a bit of a, a bit of a weak team. Everton will be up for it under a new manager. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't rule it out. I'd, I I I think. The thing about, it's not just about the effect of ownership. I think those games, yes, I agree with you on Wolves, they're a stubborn, a stubborn opponent, but I think that I look at them typically and I'd go, that's those are Sandler games. Way from home, you know, he could do really well there, but the way that the teams are playing with Wolves being very good defensively, hard to break down, and West Ham, like you say, under, under new management with Moyes going there, I think it's it's is Mane. I think it's Mane. Is there? You know, we, Mane showed today how great he is in, in, in a tough game, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does the same next game week at home to Sheffield United. He, he thrives on those. You know, playing against tough opposition, that are tough to break down. He just he's just. Uh, Great, at taking the chances when they come along, really.
0: So, so you're going the T A A Mane and Salah with your Liverpool assets. Yeah. are we'll your strategy. So it's no West Ham assets at all. Or are You just keeping any thoughts on them?
2: If I can squeeze him in without taking a hit, I would love Fabianski. Uh, he's got. I mean, has got three nice game weeks coming up, and then the double. You know, who knows what could happen. He could quite easily set, save a Salah penalty. But other than that, I think yeah. There's no point. There's no one there that, that that is attractive at the moment. But obviously they've got three game weeks prior to that. So if a you know a Felipe Anderson or someone like that comes into a bit of form, could be tempting. But the, their fixtures Leicester away and, and Liverpool at home. I mean that's 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 as tough as you can get for a double game week really yeah. at the moment.
1: Yeah. yeah, but I think are you planning to spend them um, two more transfers to get rid of Robertson, to get in Mane in addition to Sala. The total cost for you coming up to Gaming 24 has to be pretty big to do that switch. I, I sort of agree that you can pick mm. and choose between Salah and Mane and you don't have to... I'm not going to advocate Salah being much better than Mane in the case. They are pretty similar, so mm. stick, stick with the one you got, I think. But some team structures, here, for certain managers... There are an easy way to bring in Salah and Mame, for example, and those should probably do it because in Gaming 24 in isolation, I think that is the best solution. But if you play every Game Week up until Gaming 24 and then after Gaming 24, it's not that likely that you would probably want to have both the Liverpool guys. As you could see today, you can captain one of them, either of them could score, either of them can blank, and it's a lot of money to tie up in those two guys, When you can have Robertson for, or Van Dyke for that matter, for, for five million cheaper, so... I'm still stuck with, uh, I kept, did this UN kept both uh, Alexander-Arnold and Robertson through the blank, and we, it, it has paid dividends now. I think they look solid against again defensively. Of course, VAR helpful. should have uh, nice. given uh, <laughs> it. Every team can concede a goal each game. It's not like clean sheets are guaranteed, but I think Liverpool is starting to show a really great form with the clean sheets. and. If you put everything together, I think all the transfers I'm gonna have to make to take out Robertson and in Mane and then maybe reallocate the money again from Mane. I I'm not gonna do that plan. I'm gonna stick with my two defenders and Salah and bring in Fabianski for my goalkeeper.
2: I, I think um, I think.
1: Yeah, I've, I've been looking at getting Pope up for a while and <clears throat> yeah. the double game week is, looks like a good situation their, too.
2: Their fixtures are not good at the moment, uh, Burnley's either. I mean, I've got Pope too and and, and I think, you know, Pope to you, you, you could even argue for a hit is is just worth the move. You know, I think Burnley, I haven't looked great recently and yeah, as I say, fixtures aren't, aren't good. Um I completely agree with the counter-argument. For me, the only argument is the effective ownership. It also depends on the next three game weeks. If, Ma- if Mane continues to outperform Salah, then we could be looking at one where the captaincies are all on Mane and actually you're not that worse off. The other counter-argument against it is who are you getting rid of to get that second Liverpool midfielder? In my case, it would be De Bruyne which feels horrible. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, the reason why I stuck with both Robertson and Trent is because the closer and closer they get to the league, I think they're just going to try and box it off. Just the same as Pep did last season and a lot of managers have done in the past. And while Liverpool are an attacking entertaining team, you know they'll, they'll start to you know be 1-0s and 2-0s and, and whatnot. And I remember last season I had Liverpool towards the end of the season He was just churning out nine points every week. A clean sheet, three bonus, because they were winning 1-0. And that's the other counter-argument. So I am kind of 50-50. I think it's it's mainly the effect of ownership of not getting Salah that would concern me. So it it will be that I'll get Mane back very soon, like next game week or the one after. And then it will be actually on game week 24 that I make the decision to take two transfers, not for a hit. To, to remove Robertson and get and get Salah in for De Bruyne. But there's definitely arguments against it. Okay.
1: So Le- okay. Liverpool have, have six uh, clean sheets in the last seven competitive games, mm. all tournaments together. So it, they're not that fragile at the back anymore.
2: I oh, no, exactly. And, and and I knew it would turn because every, every trend turns, you know. And yeah. what was it last season, 20 clean sheets? And you knew it was going to change. And I think the problem at the start of the season, first half, is they were always missing one of that back five whether it was alisson or whether it was matip and now alisson's back matip's not back but i think gomez is starting to look really good that i actually think that he could even keep matip out of the team now whereas going into those games with double liverpool defence and uh, and you know Dejan lovren or even adrian in goal just never f- filled you with confidence
0: well, yeah, I mean, like, backing that up with Liverpool, they only conceded three attempts against Leicester, you know, who are a decent team. Then it was, it was ten attempts against Wolves, but only four in the box. So, yeah, it does look like they're improving. And I think Gomez, back in the day, was one of the best defenders that was up and coming for England. We're all really hopeful for that. And I do hope that that continues with Liverpool for England's sake. Yeah, I can still see that as well, that they are keeping clean sheets. Friend of mine, Beard, who used to be on this podcast, he has actually gone three at the pack with Liverpool because he's got full confidence in them keeping clean sheets. And obviously they did in the, in swallows, albeit thanks to Far. And they also did against Leicester. And you can see a a load of clean sheets coming up as well. So yeah, I agree with you, Stefan. If you've, if you've got the two, I I wouldn't go anywhere. I know you're saying about the effective ownership, but yeah, what's the effective ownership of owning three of those players and it looks like the talk from you guys is to have three of the Liverpool and maybe Fabianski but there is a question here from Jeremiah saying Fabianski or Antonio so would Antonio come into reckoning I suppose it does depend on how he's getting on like you said Josh whether or not you're going to consider him depending on if he's informed or fit as well what are your thoughts on him Stefan we'll come to you just on that one now
1: if he stays fit and he plays plays both games, I think he can do uh, do okay. But again, it's sort of the toughest games you could have in a double game week for for West Ham. So I wouldn't expect too much from them in terms of goals. So I think it's rather. It's, I think you can get more out of say Martial at home to Man United at home to Burnley for Man United, or maybe a guy like Ali at home to Norwich for Spurs rather than spend that transfer on taking them out for Antonio yeah. or, or something like yeah, that.
0: that's a good point. I think, it, like Josh said earlier, if you've got the... The chance to get in Fabianski then yeah, then you maybe do that. Uh, from this game week going forward, you've got four free transfers to kind of make those moves. Okay, we'll move on to headline number two. So Ancelotti's Everton, Arteta's Arsenal, and Pearson's Watford. We've got John from here from Slack also asking Everton soon with a nice fixture run. Should we invest in their attack? Dominic carrot Lewin, who got two last game week, or maybe their defense. And Alan again from our Slack is asking Sadibi or or Luca Dean as the better option so Josh let's just answer that direct question there Sidibi or Luca Dean who would you go to out, out of the two
2: if you've got the money I'd go Luca Dean I think a lot of people are kicking themselves for going Luca Dean over Sidibe when Ancelotti took over you know it's been tough because I think Sidibe got 12 points nice haul at home to Burnley he obviously started the last game and Dina was rested and Baines played. But for me, long-term, Dina's stats are fantastic. They've been so good all season. He is second to TAA all season for, for full-backs. He's miles ahead of Robertson in terms of chances we get created, crosses, being on corners. I think it's just a matter of time. I think also Sidibe's a bit of an unknown player. First season Premiership. Yeah, and I think Coleman, Coleman's the captain and, you know, there is... Yes, he played the he played game before bit, last, but, didn't he? But yeah, Coleman, Coleman and Sidibe started against mm. Burnley. because So he was playing a bit further forward and he got the assist. And, but I wouldn't rule out Coleman getting that position back or or even, you know, them chopping and changing a bit. Whereas, uh, and he's he is he's the club captain. I think Baines is, you know, in his final season or two seasons... I think, I think Dean is great. He's absolute value. If you're not going to double Liverpool, I think he'd probably be my first choice as my next sort of defender, really, in terms of the sort of premium-ish bracket.
0: Yeah, What about you, um, Stefan? Who would you choose? I know you're a big fan of, um, Sadibi. I do like Lugadine. Sadibi in the last four has got, he's created five chances and Lugadine's created four. I mean, on the season, obviously his second, uh, Dean is second to TAA for chances created. So he's got that pedigree and history. And we don't quite know, like Josh said, that much about CDB in terms of a, a full season. So what are your thoughts on the two?
1: I still think I'm, I'm going for Sidibe out of those two. I owned Digne for a long stretch before I finally got rid of him before Everton's tough fixture run before uh, Christmas. And the thing about watching games with Digne, hoping he would get something, and then watching Sidibe at the other back, you sort of have to choose between do you want the guy who takes set pieces or do you want the guy who creates the biggest chances from open play and are the furthest advanced and more into the box and... I think Sidiba just looks more dangerous in general, and a lot of the key passes for Digna is corners that is headed like 20 yards up in the air from Keane or, or Mina or something, and they're not really that big chances every time he creates one. So I think the stats are a bit skewed for pretty much everyone that takes corners. Another interesting fact was that, if I remember correctly, I think Sigurdsson took pretty much every set-piece, even though Digne was on the pitch in the second-to-last game for Everton when uh, Digne played. So that is a drawback if he is actually off some set-pieces now. Okay. And, and, I, and I wouldn't worry too much about rotation with Coleman because I think Sidibe is the better player. If you really want to be on the safe side, Digne is, of course a better pick but i think yeah, the the price difference you will want to you will want that money for for other things so
2: it's not too dissimilar to Baines and Coleman back in the day really hmm. is it senior and Sidibe you know you've got you've got one yeah. one like you said taking the set pieces but one probably making a bit more of a you know marauding runs in uh, in open play i just love having players that are on the set pieces i think yeah. um, and i know don't get me wrong i know you say sigerson has been taking a fair few of them but you know, you know. There's always they're just always going to trickle in the odd assist from that. So it's a tough call though. It's it's there's not much in it, is there? And like you say, there is a, a 0.4 saving. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sadi sort of price rises a little bit more soon as well. Yeah. I
1: double checked. I double check now, <clears throat> and and uh, Everton had ten corners, and Digna didn't take one of them. Okay. So, so I think that's a big drawback for him.
0: I, I do think with Lucadine as well, yeah, he's only 0.4 more. So it's not that much more expensive, Yeah, know. So 5.3 and Luke Dean's 5.7 and then you look at his history from last season what did he get the four goals five assists not bad for you know, I think he only played like the second half of it as much you have to fact check me on that one I think it's close but if I had the cash I think I'd go Luke Dean as well what about any other Everton assets what are your thoughts on anyone else Dominic Cabot Lewin is he looking in contention maybe a talking point for the budget striker Richarlson they've got good fixtures now but a lot of people are looking at probably bringing in the Liverpool Liverpool assets and thinking about what to do for that double game week at the moment so it's whether or not you can risk other transfers but if you've got the Liverpool assets like you have Stephane, are you looking to bring in Everton assets for they've got Man City next so ignore that one because yeah. <laughs> that's way. <laughs> then they've got uh, Brighton at home uh, West Ham away Newcastle at home Watford away and Crystal Palace at home then Arsenal away uh, United at home so you're pretty good fixtures all the way down there. So, are you seriously considering them, Stefan?
1: Yes, I I am, and if I had watched this weekend's games before I made the transfer of Mopé, I think I would have gone Calvert-Lewin now, I think, because He just looks more uh, clinical, and he looks to be in more dangerous positions. I found Mopé has to do a lot of things himself, maybe, for Brighton. And Khaled Lurin seems to be in the right place at the right time at the moment. And even when he doesn't score, he seems to have a pretty decent shot volume. And I can't really imagine Ancelotti benching him right now, because Moiseguin still looks a bit off his prime form. So I think, of course, you won't wouldn't want to transfer in Calvert Lewin against City away, even though we can score there there also. But after that, he's a real good option, I think.
0: Yeah, the problem is he's still not as you know he's not consistent, is he? Like we, he may be looking good now. Uh, just seeing it from the past, he hasn't done well in the past. And I've always looked to bring him in, but. He is up there on his shooting stats at the moment. Last four game weeks, he's third to Rashford and Jimenez for attempts on goal. He's got three goals. He's only had the two big chances. So as you mentioned, pretty clinical. He's got 11 shots in the box. So he is shooting in the box as well. Whereas if you look at Rashford, only four shots in the box, which is actually quite a shock from his 17 in the last four. It's a tricky one. What are your thoughts on Calvert-Lewin, Josh? Do you like him?
2: I think he's great value. I think him and Moray are both great value. I think they've both got really nice fixtures coming up. But Everton's are quite short lived. You also got City away this week, like you mentioned, and then and then there's only really five, six if you include Arsenal. Which by that point they should be looking a little bit better I thought they were much better today already defensively so I think if you're going to get in Calvert-Lewin it needs to be either this week or next week ideally next week otherwise I think it's 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 too late he's only 22 you know um he's he's still quite young and so I think you know this could be finally a great manager for Everton on paper it's their best appointment for a long time and he you know he should have. He should be a proper good, um, you know, manager. New manager bounce there with Ancelotti and what he's done in the past.
0: Yeah, well, you've kind of segued on to Arsenal there because you you brought this up as a headline. So Ancelotti's Everton, Arteta's Arsenal. I mean, like they're looking better, but are they investable yet?
2: Do you think they are? Um, I don't, and the reason being is I just think there's still the assets you look at. Look at still, are going to be Aubameyang and Lacazette. There's no one in midfield. There's no one defensively. I don't think that you would pay the money for Aubameyang or Lacazette at the moment. But I do think that a bit of patience on it, and I think that someone will emerge. From a midfield perspective, hold your breath, Meza Ozil is uh, <laughs> wow. someone I would feel absolutely disgusting about bringing into my team, just on the principle that he pl- apparently plays more hours on Fortnite than going to uh, the training <laughs> ground. But I think he's been really hyped up by Arteta. And Arteta's yeah, is saying, how yeah. his, you know, great attitude in training. And we know Ozil. I mean, he used to be a world-class player. What is he? 7.2. You know, if he starts to look quite good, it could be a very very good option at that sort of price. The other one that intrigues me is Reese Nelson, 5.3, started the last two games. If I'm honest with you, I don't know a great deal about him, but at that price playing for Arsenal, they're players to keep an eye on. Um, I don't think I'd I don't think I'd think about investing in United next. Give it a little bit longer, but I, I do think long term I think Arteta's going to be a great appointment, but it's not going to be a, a quick fix, I think, you yeah. know. Arsenal you and, and the other need Arsenal to be fans. patient. Yeah, it's yeah. Good. it's about next season, really. I think I think it's about probably finding his feet in his first managerial role, getting to know his best eleven, might buy a, a player or two in January, and then I think next season that they'll kick
1: on big time. Yeah, so I, I, I got I, a, I forgot one uh, Everton player. Oh yeah, when we talked about. I oh, think- yeah, go back to him. Man. I think Mason Holgate deserves another shout. Oh, yeah, good shout. Tom yeah. uh, Tom, on the podcast last week shouted at him, and I, I watched him this weekend, and I think he, he looks pretty, pretty decent, and he's 4.4, and he can always score in the corner, so maybe he's the one to get from the defense. You can yeah. make a switch from Kelly or something if you're tired of him, or you can do something completely else, maybe. Maybe if you want to get funds for the Manesala double-up, he, he could be one you couldn't yeah, easily bring in. to be
0: playing that. every game. Yeah, he looks to be um, a good asset in that team. I mean, they did concede against Newcastle, so not, yeah. not great for that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a hopeful one with those fixtures coming up. Yeah, I, I agree with that.
2: I think yeah. the other one's keep an eye on. Just last thing on Everton is Sigurdsson. Sigurdsson is just a reliable FPL player. Season after season, he will do well. Uh, and this season, he is underperformed—a goal and two assists. At the moment, he is not an invest because he's playing as one of the two in the in in the middle. Game just gone against Newcastle. They paid him and. Uh, and Davies in the middle um, so he's probably going to be asked to do a bit more defensive duties than normal but you'd like to think that when the likes of Delft and some of the other central midfielders there I know Gomez is out for a long time but those sorts of players come back he should be pushed further up and I think Sigurdsson when he's got a bit of confidence uh, as you've said earlier Stefan about the set pieces he might still be on pens even though he's missed a couple I know but um, <laughs> He's great. He's just—he's just always brings in points. He's just a classic, you know, FPL player that's just done so well over recent years, really. So I think I think he's another one that probably could be flying under the radar because most people will probably be talking about Richarlison and calvert Lewin. But I think, yeah, Sigurdsson definitely will will, will 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 have a run this season. It's just about waiting and and and, and getting getting on him at the right time, really.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, fair enough. Right, we've been on this topic quite a while. We've literally got, who have we got left to speak about now here? So Watford, so what mention have we got for Pearson's Watford's? I'm still not quite ready to invest in them. Are you thinking any assets, Joff?
2: Um, when I was looking at my, my potential Pulisic replacement this week, I was so close to either Saar or Decoré. Saar's stats are brilliant at the moment. He scored this weekend. Decoré's playing in the number ten role, which is a, an interesting move by Pearson. But yeah, I think he could be he could be good, great value as well. I think I actually think, weirdly enough, out of the three, Everton, Arsenal, and Watford. Watford are kind of the most interesting one. I think Foster looks great now. I think they've got some really cheap defenders to look at. They seem to be quite tight defensively. They've you know kept some good clean sheets at home recently against United, and the game just ha- just happened this weekend. Deeney and De La Feo are also to be considered. So there's there's plenty there to keep an eye on.
0: Feels very punty the at the moment, doesn't it? I suppose if you're wanting to try something different, Saar uh, stats are not bad. Last four, he's got 10 attempts on goal, which is, uh, yeah. I think, his seventh out of midfielders at the moment. 6.2, just felt a bit pricey for me. I thought he would yeah, be I, coming I, in at 5.5 or something like that.
2: I think Decoro would be the one out of the two that I look at. 5.6, again, going back to it again, but he's got FPL pedigree. You know, he's, he's done it seasons before. Last season, five goals, seven assists. Season before, seven goals, four assists. Playing in that number 10 role off of, off of the likes of Deeney, I See, think that, he could do well.
0: That's who I was actually going to... A lot of people <laughs> look, look at me and say, what, Deeney? You're going to shout Deeney Iceman? But yeah, he's got 11 attempts in the last four as well. Obviously, he's got... A few goals in that as well. Uh, three goals in the last four. So he is doing well as well. And he's on pens. You know, maybe one to, to monitor again. But like I like say, they just feel all of it too punty for me.
2: They are they are punty. And I think, uh, knowing Pearson as a manager, even though they won 3-0 at the weekend, and... They were down to 10 men for, for a fair amount of it after Mariapol got sent off. I do think defensively is probably where you'd go first. I think Foster's an interesting one, goalkeeper-wise. And then if you look at their defenders, I mean, Kiko Firmino 4.2, Cabaselli 4.3, they're, they're so cheap. They're, they're, they're there alongside Mason Holgate as you need to, 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 to get a bit of money to fund your your Liverpool moves for game week 24. Yeah then I think they're a great option for that. Cabo but yeah, yeah I do agree. agree. Yeah, Cavuseli might be my go to
0: there. What's
1: uh, Any thoughts, Stefan? Uh, I sort of just agree with what you guys have said. I think Josh is pretty much spot on in my thoughts about Watford. And I ju- can just add that I think Watford will stay up and that means they should perform pretty good and hence their players could be worth investing in. Although maybe a bit too punty for now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Fair enough. Okay, we're going to move on to headline number three. So what underperforming players do we expect to do well in the second half of the season? So Emma on our Slack has said, who do you think will be the best value players to emerge in the next couple of months? Thoughts on this one, Josh?
2: Value-wise, I'll start with those. I, I'm going to go with here again. I, think, I just think he's just a, a great FPL player. You look at his stats, Luca Dean. Um, did you say? Uh, yeah, sorry, yeah, Dean. Yeah, Luca Dean. Yeah, I think his stats are just are just great, and they're not as good as Trent's, but they're a lot better than Robertson's. And yes, they're not going to keep as many clean sheets as Liverpool, but I just think I think the attacking returns will come, and and I'd argue he probably should have actually done better attacking returns last season. So I think you know. Three assists so far this season. He'll, he'll get some goals and, and, and plenty more assists. So yeah, he'd be one second half of the season. I, I think Diego Yota will have a good second half of the season. He's shown signs recently that he's picking up. He, he was great second half of the season last season. Another one that I think has looked great but not quite converted into points is Harvey Barnes. Harvey Barnes has actually uh, underperformed. Is XG the most of all midfielders this season? A lot of people shout him um, on
0: this podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. They're coming on and saying about Harvey Barnes, but no one that I know has brought him in, put him in figurehead in their team. So, would he be someone that you would actually bring in or are you just sh- shouting him as a <laughs> off on him, just like yeah, Maybe Harvey Barnes type of thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm shouting him because at the end of the day, we're, we're at that point in the season where people are starting to think, mm, if I'm not happy with my rank, I need to start, I need to take a punt. And um, Leicester's fixtures are good. I think you know he has started games against City and uh, Liverpool recently. He's clearly thought of very highly by Brendan Rodgers. Sorry, started yeah, he started both the games, City and Liverpool. Um I, I think yeah, I, I think he's gonna kick on the second half of the season. They probably three that I like the look of: sort of defender, midfielder, striker. Dino, Harvey Barnes, Yotta. As for other players that are sort of could be you know strong for the second half of the season. Not so much value, but just players have got a bit of a hunch for. I think Sigurdsson, like I said earlier, and then in terms of underperforming players that that you expect. To be there or thereabouts at the top of the midfielders or forwards at the end of the season. I think we should be seeing a little bit more from Sterling. He's up there, but we we expect a bit more from him from what we you know foresaw happening this season at the start. Um, I'd say Salah again. And then striker-wise, Aguero and Kane, really. I think those are four big hitters that are, are going to return enough points to be up there. Uh, where they should be to justify their price at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, Aguero is the one which I think is going to be coming into people's thinking now, especially when he scored Mm. today as well. Uh, Stefan, any underperforming players that you you look to uh, and best value players to emerge?
1: Yeah, I think basically the Liverpool defence. I think uh, they have been the most underperforming players of the whole game so far because everyone said at the start of the season that Robertson and Arnold and even van Dijk was too cheap that they were just priced that cheap to make the casuals enjoy the game. And they were worth like 7.5, even 8 million, somebody said. So uh, they haven't delivered like that at all so far, but I think they will have started to do so, and I think that it will just continue.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I fully agree with that. By the way, listeners, just FYI, I've been clicking away on my clicky mouse. So apologies. So I've been um, muting myself every so often now. It's getting used to the new laptop. So apologies for all the clicks, by the way. But yeah, I do agree with that. Liverpool, I need need those Liverpool players now. Any other thoughts for any other players, guys?
2: Just, uh, Just one for a bit of a giggle. David McGoldrick, you've probably heard it before. 15 big chances this season. 15 missed. Highest XG, uh, highest um, underperforming XG of all strikers at 6.13. Should have had six goals this season, according to XG. Would have been up there with Ashley Barnes. So I'm not saying get him in your team but in terms of underperforming players that's about as underperforming as you
0: can get (laughs) you could say he is due but uh, FYI on Harvey Varnes I don't like him at all I just think that he doesn't get the minutes and he's a great player but it doesn't quite fulfill it and he's not as consistent so sorry to poo poo that one Um, moving on to that and kind of segueing onto our headline number four abandon Leicester assets surely not so Jay Ross is saying Leicester have been overperforming their XG and XGC all season do you think they are now regressing to the mean and then to completely switch to the other side of that mad hatter from our Slack as well as put double up on leicester defense now that the fixtures are kind so the fixtures are kind so what have they got coming up so they've got newcastle away next not bad fixture southampton at home ing's on fire at the moment burnley away good fixture west ham new resurgence chelsea at home then wolves away yeah not not terrible fixtures not the best though so thoughts on that Stefan come to you first on this one what are your thoughts on the list? Assics Vardy going to remove him now that he's been benched
1: I'm going to captain him, captain <laughs> no, him. Bit... yeah,
0: yeah nice.
1: um, he's got yeah. his rest yeah he's got his rest and he faces a Newcastle team that hasn't been that impressive so I think Vardy stays he's a great value again he's had his rest the game week 20 has gone it was terrible for a lot of people but Vardy will be back and he should stay in everyone's teams I think other than that, if you really want to remove some Leicester assets, I guess if you're hyper-aggressive, you can remove a guy like Soyunju. Soyunyu. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Soyun-Yu, because uh, yeah. yeah. Because if you want to jump on, say, Digne or Sidibe or someone like that, someone's got to make room. And uh, probably we won't have that many off-spots to switch out. And uh, Soyunyu, maybe he can go. Maybe Leicester has been overperforming their defensive numbers this season. I think they have. And they might concede a few goals, but I I don't look at that as a necessary transfer really. And Madison, I think a lot of people have questions questions about, but I I think people again are looking a bit too short term. They see Madison being benched the last game and blanking the game before that, if I'm correct. And Mars.
0: Three games before that. Okay, played.
1: okay. okay. And Marcy Albin <laughs> racking, it, racking it up, but still, those goals are in the past. And the thing we have to do now is predict the future. And when we're predicting Leicester's future with Newcastle, Southampton, Burnley and West Ham, removing Madison is a luxury transfer, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I, I do agree with you, though. I think even regarding the last four blanks, people are getting itchy fingers over him, but I think he is he is a keep It is tempting to go to Marshall, but yeah, these fixtures I think are good for Leicester in terms of the next two. At least there are goals there, probably clean sheets there as well. To be honest, yeah. What about you, Josh? What are your thoughts?
2: I think definitely keep Vardy. I think he's yeah top three players in the game. You need to have in your team. His record against the sort of non-top six teams is just incredible since Brendan Rodgers came in. Other players, I think one defender I would stick with, I think when you're going into a game week when they've got a good fixture, say game week 22 or even next one really, away to Newcastle or home Southampton next two, and you've not got one of them and you've got teams setting there with Chilwell, some have got Pereira, some have got you, some have got Evans, a few have even got Schmeichel. You're taking a big risk on them not to keep in a clean sheet. The effective ownership of them all together is a lot. So yeah, I think I personally think I'd go one defender and Bardi. If you've got Madison, I'd keep him, but I probably wouldn't buy him. I think Martial at the same price is is more attractive at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think. uh, Oh, you got anything else to say on that one? Ah, just agree. I agree.
1: Yeah, I said yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, agree with that. Right. Okay, we'll move on to the next headline then. So, budget strikers. So you raised this one, Stefan. Flabjack was asking about that too. Ings more pay or Dominic Calvert Lewin? Which do you
1: prefer? Yeah. So far, I think it's a real close between taking a punt on Calvert Lewin and just hoping his form continues, or sticking it, sticking with Danny Ings, who has less than ideal features, but still. Scores pretty much every game. And, he, and the thing about Inks is each goal is six or seven points. At least the first goal is six or seven points. He, he gets bonus every single time. And even though he has the worst fixtures of them all, sort of you could say that you shouldn't really care too much about it. But it's tempting to say that uh, Calvert-Lewing is the hottest prospect right now. But for the longer term, if you want to set and forget, a guy like Mopé can work just as uh, easily maybe. He has yeah. a lot stretch with good games.
0: Yeah, I think Morpheus looks to be one of the most consistent, as well as Ings. I, th- I think it's out of them too, i I'm not really on board the Dominic Calvert-Lewin bandwagon yet. He has been doing well recently, but... I don't know. I just want to see consistent consistency, (laughs) like just constantly scoring points. I'm just not sure if he is good enough for that. But maybe I'll be eating these words at some point in another podcast. But what are your thoughts, Josh, on the three? Out of the three of Ings, Morpay, and Dominic Cabot-Lewin, who would you go for? Is it is it Ings as well?
2: Oh, no. If I was buying now and buying, you're too late. Buying him now, I mean, he's done amazingly well recently. He's, he's pretty much a poor man's Vardy with his recent record. D- yeah, disagree I wouldn't, I wouldn't on that, be...
0: by the way. I never think that it's too late to get someone. Never think. Really? It's too late to get... Yeah. If they're in form, and they're playing well. Then you know, bring them in. If you do yeah. believe that they're going to score well continuously, and you've got the chance to do that, I think that just go for it. I don't think that it, you're buying what he's already scored. I think if you still <laughs> think that he's going to do well, continue with it.
2: I'm just. Twelve goals so far this season. How many is he really going to get? And in terms of FPL points, how, what's what's his ceiling for the season? That's the way I'm looking at it. You know, he's on 109 points already. Can you really see him topping what 160? You know, that's that's only 51 points away, and we're only just after half the season. I don't know. That's the way I look at it. It's probably a bit of an old veteran's head on it, really. Um, but yes, in terms of the other two, I would. Calvert Lewin for the short term, more pay for the long term, and the reason why I say that is because more pay's fixtures last for longer. So whereas Calvert Lewin's fixtures turn in about five or six game weeks, others to consider I mentioned him earlier is Diego Yotta and um, and obviously Deeney and, De- and De La Alli at Watford. If you uh, if you fancy going down that route,
1: yeah,
0: there are a few yeah. options at the moment as well. Yeah, I do like the the shop for Some reason, don't know why.
1: Oh, his red card last season is uh, it's, it's not good. <laughs> it haunts me. I won't be able to bring Dindy back like, in my team. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I ever will. I just, and no, just I have to stay me. out. <laughs> yeah. But I, think, uh, I think regarding Inks, we, we, everyone basically said during the Sala 300 and something point season that Ah, he's going to stop scoring soon. He can't keep up at this pace. And th- the thing is, like I said, the past is the past. And yeah. when we're going to guess the future. What, how many points or how many goals a player has so far this season really doesn't matter to me. Because people have been saying that about Vardy for a long time, that, oh, he won't be able to get 30 goals. Okay, but maybe he is able to get 30 goals. Why, why shouldn't he? He already has, like, how many has, 15 or something? But it's the same thing. We, we can't just expect something to regress to the mean during 38 game weeks. We need, like, okay, give me 500 game weeks and I will agree with you that inks will regress to his mean and Vardy will regress to his mean and that that's a lower out, lower output than they're currently giving us but I, I don't think we should expect them to regress to any such sort of mean during this season
0: Yep, well said I think we're gonna leave it there for the headlines now so it's kind of gonna move on to something similar <clears throat> in terms of we had a load of questions about Tammy Abraham we had FPL cow let's put Tammy Abraham keep or sell now that you've scored and also fpl mechanic has put hold tammy or replace with jimmy so jimmy looking to be a good option still as well and then fpl dc has put is it wise to drop tammy so a lot of people looking to to remove him even though he's just scored so what are your thoughts on him josh you're a chelsea fan you watch him every week i assume so how's he getting on what well, how's he been doing lately what are your thoughts
2: I think, in general, as a team, we're not playing well at the moment. I think Lampard doesn't really know his best eleven. He keeps chopping and changing formation, which doesn't help. You know, you look at you know like Leicester, for example. They're pretty much stuck with the same formation, the same players every game, week in, week out, and it works. And that's normally the same for teams that that, that go on and win the league. and And we're not doing that. And he's he's experimenting too much with you know wing backs and whatnot. and So yeah, I don't think it's Tammy. I think it's the team that aren't looking great. Uh, I think he's he's dangerous every game. He has got both goals and assist potential. I personally am sticking for the next three and three only probably maybe four because the fourth one's Arsenal at home. But as I said, I think they'll be in better shape. Uh, soon um, so yeah I think hold for the next three he's a don't buy don't sell in my opinion at the moment unless you've got a transfer that you don't have anything else to do with then maybe move to him his, but yeah for me I'm I'm holding him
0: okay so you've got Brighton away in your next fixture then it's Burnley at home and then Newcastle away and then Arsenal at home so yeah not bad fixtures the Arsenal one probably being the best what are your thoughts Stefan on Tammy then would you hold would you sell
1: i just think i agree with josh hold if you got him and if you're (coughs) buying maybe or i think you should buy someone like jimenez ahead of him but i wouldn't rush to sell abraham okay
0: yeah so we've got a long pod here so we're just going to finish up with a couple of quick questions here so one from fpl underscore fpl at fpl nerd he has put worth keeping Grealish for game week 21 well it's kind of a luxury transfer if you've got to get rid of him, I think. I think you need to be looking at other assets. He has Burnley away. It's not a terrible fixture. They, you know, I can see Villa probably scoring goals there. So for me, I would keep Josh. What are your thoughts on
2: Grealish and Rumi then? Uh, don't buy, don't sell, without a doubt. Um, I think he's been great recently. I think they've dipped a li- hit little bit. You know, They lost, obviously, Tyrone Mings. And I think McGinn's the big loss. But yeah, definitely, definitely keep him. I think the um the other thing is 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 game week twenty-two, they're at home to City. People are really looking at that going, Oh, don't want him for that game. But that is the one game sandwich between some top six games for Lundstrom that is at home to West Ham. So it works quite well that you could just, you know, bring Lundstrom off your bench and play him that way. On I, bench I, I, would, really I would actually rich.
0: say that he's probably a good shout to play that game. Playing at home I think he likes the big stage, Grealish, as well. And he would want to do well there and put himself in the line for international appearance at some point as well. I would say playing that game as well. And then they've got Brighton, Watford and Bournemouth after that. For me, he's a keep, no no questions. Stefan, what are your
1: thoughts? Yeah, I would have kept him as well. Uh, I will keep him. I have him in my team and I will bench him against City probably and just play Lundström, as Josh said. Other than that, if you're buying, I think sort of like Aston Villa is on a downward tra- trajectory, I think. Whereas a team like Watford is on a more positive form. So if you're buying, I wouldn't buy Grealish at this moment. To rather buy someone else.
0: Am I missing something here? Are you guys suddenly thinking that City's defence are the best ever? Or just because they well, they didn't get against no. Sheffield?
1: I think just Aston Villa's form is too bad. Yeah. OK, fair enough.
0: Last question is from Chris Tan at Chris Tan FPL. He's put, who is your set-and-forget goalkeeper? So he's looking at Fabianski saves and Moyes is there now and they've got a double game week. So you've both shouted Fabianski already. Foster, you've shouted him. Josh Pearson has them organised or any anyone else. So Josh, I'm going to come to you. Who would be your set-and-forget keeper from now until the end of the season?
2: Fabianski, without a doubt. Absolutely love him. Uh he's just been great, great when he was at Swansea, great since he's been at West Ham. And I think the double game week is the is the uh is the deal breaker. While it's Leicester away and, and Liverpool at home, you wouldn't expect either game for them to keep a clean sheet. I just think you know, it's just great having a goalkeeper in a double game week. He'll rack up some saves, might save a penalty. I think new manager coming in, it's just all pointing in the right direction, so yeah, Fabianski for me, and and I do do think Foster's a good shout, but actually, you know, he's actually only point one cheaper. So I think for the sake of point one, having a bit of fun, double game week twenty four, definitely Fabianski. Yeah,
1: Stefan, I could have said either uh, Ryan or uh, Foster if there if it wasn't for the double game week. I think since he Fabianski now has an extra game, he edges it for me.
0: Okay, I think I agree with that as well. I think Ryan's probably a good one to go to the end of the season as well, though he is still providing occasional points for me. I've literally just brought him in, so I'm hoping for for more. I do think that he's still a shout, but yeah, if I had the choice now, I think I would probably choose Fabianski as well. Okay, I am bursting for a piss, so be right back. And welcome back from the piss break. Yet yeah, we just had a massive scare thinking that all the podcasts that we just recorded had not been recorded, but this laptop has pulled through. So well done to my girlfriend's laptop. <laughs> uh, but <Woo-hoo>. let's, let's, <laughs> let's move on to the partner chat. So Mikhail, Top Van's algorithm. So this week it's suggesting for me to not do a transfer as I need to get TAA next week. Simple as that. Not do a transfer. I'm fine just, I need TA. I haven't got the funds to do it so I need to look at that for next week If you want to check out his algorithm, the site is uh, patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm, it's only $1.50 and you get all the amazing charts that she produces every week. We are also partnered with Fantasy Football Hub and have been given an exclusive sign-up offer of Surgery10, so if you go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk you can sign up there for 10% off and we are also partnered with FPL Doodles at FPL doodles1 on twitter who did a great doodle last week really enjoyed that one in fact i need to send him the headlines now so that he can start doodling for this one okay on to Traptins transfers and captains josh who are your transfers and captains for this
2: week um i think Pulisic, it's, it's his time. He's Finally, go. he's got to go. go. I mean, he's yes. got an injury. Yes. I was I was being so patient. I mean, when I got him in, he had fixtures, he had form, he had stats. Shortly after I got him in, even Stats Bomb did a an article on the yeah, rise to, yeah. to to superstar status, and I was like, "This is great! He's you know absolute bargain." But yeah, he's he's um, he's <laughs> failed. One of my worst transfers ever, without a doubt. So yeah, I'm going to probably do two transfers. I rolled last week, looking like I'm going to uh, abandon the Kane train. I just feel like I've got a little bit lucky with it yeah. uh, the last couple of weeks. Uh, didn't feel great against Norwich, um, so. Pulisic and Kane to Mane and either Calvert-Lewin or Morpé probably leaning towards Calvert-Lewin. I just think Everton are a better club. They'll score more goals, better manager. Brighton are on a little bit of a dip at the moment as well. And then captain will be Mane. Yeah, that'll be me. Yeah.
1: Uh, Stefan? Yeah, after spending eight points this game week, I'm going to hold my transfer. I shouldn't be I need any more transfers for a while now, I think. Yeah. So I'm... Um, I'm holding, and I'm captaining Vardy as of now. You
0: are on Vardy.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I watched the City game almost through before we podcasted, and I think Sheffield United still is a very good team, so I wouldn't want to bet against them this time with the captain. I think it's Vardy.
0: I I see, I I was on... See, I'm I'm holding as well. Uh, I was on Salah, but yeah, I did see and hear and look at the stats and things for that particular game and it does make me not want to do it. I think I'm tempted on Sterling as a type of differential captain but De Bruyne is going to be more tempting. he seems to be on fire. I'm a bit torn on the captaincy at the moment. At the moment it's on De Bruyne, vice-captain Salah I could change it. Who knows? Who knows? Right, before we leave you let's go through the FPL Surgery Patreon League. Do you have that Stefan?
1: Yeah, so let's take a look at the Patreon League for this week and in third, we have Jeremy Head, and in second, we have Gabriel Castellanos. And in first, with an impress- impressive 84 points, and the De Bruyne captain, Jeff Holt. He is that's absolutely a real nice
0: smashing nice. He's smashing it. Well done, Jeff. Top work there. 84 to the... points this yeah.
2: Wow. That's it's a disgusting. huge top.
1: It looks like they kept Captain De Bruyne and they didn't get the vice captain switch or something, so that's good. Okay, over to the public league. In 10th place, we have Karthik Mahendra, a shared 8th position. We have Jeff Holt back in there as well, and we have James Adams. In 7th, we have Halstein Ydstebø from Norway, I suppose. And in 6th, Kevin Elm. In 5th, Hayden Owens. And in 4th, another Scandinavian, Christina Högseth. And in 3rd, Mike Butcher. 2nd, Luke Burgess. And in first place, and I don't know how high he's in the overall rank now, but he should be pretty high up there, Theodor Ekbacke with his Fretten Park Hot Dogs.
0: Yes, it says he's fifth overall, but I think he's higher, isn't he? If we go to FPL live rank, we could probably find out based on his ID. But yeah, well done. 65
1: points this week, and Kane captain, so he's going strong. And remember, this is a two-year-old team, so the two-year-old is (laughs) doing doing (laughs) incredibly well. Yeah, well done.
0: Yeah, if you want to join the FPL podcast publicly, the code is CCCJK2, so get in there. Right, so we've got your top three picks this week then, Josh. What are your top three picks for the week and what are your top three differentials? Uh,
2: top three picks for the week. Pretty boring, but that's why they're the top picks. Sadio Mane, uh, I think it's just a great fixture for him. As I said earlier, loves he loves those tough fixtures and those, those defences that... Uh, you know that are tough to break down. Vardy, I just think he'll be back. He'll be fresh. Maybe a maybe a baby goal celebration potentially would be good. And his record, like I said earlier, against non-top six teams under Brendan Rogers since he's come in has been amazing. And then the, the third one would be De Bruyne. Um, I just think Everton will be better. And under Ancelotti, you know they'll they'll look good. I don't think they'll get thrashed but I just think that they're they're missing a holding midfielder at the moment, or they're actually missing more than one. They're missing definitely two or three. So Tom Davies and Sigurdsson there, I just don't think they'll be able to handle KDB. Yeah. Um, so I think he could he could have a strong game there. Yeah, definitely a, cap, a captain option, as are the other two. Three differentials for Meno, Um 8.8% owned last time I looked. He didn't do anything today. But he got a brace against Leicester and he's a really streaky player. He also loves it at this time of year uh, in, in the past. Um, he thrives again in difficult games. He's the sort of person that you need to unlock a tough Sheffield United defence. Chris Wood, they've got Villa at home. And he has got the second most big, big chances of any player uh, this season, which I still think is a crazy stat. Oh, um, Villa... Villa have got the second most headed goal attempts conceded by all teams, so I think that's just a, that just looks like a you know wood goals on paper. Um, and the other one is Saar, who we were discussing earlier, uh, second for shots in the box amongst midfielder for the last four game weeks, and that includes games against Liverpool and Man United. Two goals in his last three games. They spent a lot of money on him in the summer, and I think he seems to gradually be working into a bit of a talismanic figure there. I do still think it's punty. I agree with you, but I, I think he's definitely one to keep an eye yeah, on.
0: Yeah, could work. Yeah, no, I do like it. Uh, it's, it is a punt, and if you go with something a little bit different, it is an option in that price bracket. It's not loads, so you can kind of gamble on it. Maybe, yeah, I, I do like it. Yeah. Okay, so something which has gone missing for the last few pods is just not been recording them for us, but sometimes I forget to to shout him about it. But we've got sexy thoughts this week. So I'm gonna play sexy thoughts from from Brett. So bear with me and I'll play it now. FPL
2: sexy with sexy thoughts. This week sexy thoughts goes out to football. The feeling that you get from football. It's 3.45 in the morning here. I just got up to watch Leeds United, and they just won 5-4. They just won 5-4 with the last kick of the game. Unbelievable. Thanks, football. I love it. I'm ecstatic. Ecstasy. That's what it's all about. Getting up and cheering your team on, or just having something to get behind, and the fun and the enjoyment and the love that it gives you. Yeah, boy.
1: Yeah!
0: I love the way you said, I'm ecstatic, whereas you do sound really, really tired (laughs) there, Brett, but love those sexy thoughts. Yep. Football is one of the best things, but it can also be one of the worst things if you support Arsenal. Thank you for that, Brett. Josh, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate all your thoughts. You've been great guests.
2: Thanks for inviting me on. It's
0: been great. It's been great. And uh, where can we find you via Twitter? Anyone, if they want to follow you?
2: Uh, it's pretty simple it's just at josh paxman no underscores underscores anything just at josh paxman nice and simple
0: yep thank you very much and stefan thank you again for coming on thanks uh, as always a a great co-host yeah
1: thanks for having me again thanks for letting me co-host again if you like what you've
0: heard today and would like to support the podcast please do so at patreon.com forward slash fpl surgery please join the fpl surgery podcast league the code is cccjk2 check out our website fplsurgery.com Find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, Twitter, at FPL Surgery. If you could please subscribe on iTunes and remember to rate the podcast, that really does help us. And if you want to email me, it's info at FPLSurgery.com. Again, thank you for listening and good luck in your game weeks and up the pod. Up the
1: pod. Up the pod. Up the pod.
0: Bloody pot. We
2: probably <sighs> two transfers oh. rolled last week. I'm going to say Funes and Kane. No, 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 no.
0: Stop! Stop there, mate! Stop there. <laughs>